Hello, everyone. My name is Christopher Rouse, and I would like to welcome you to this podcast. And might I also add for those who have been um, joining me for a number of these episodes that I've been doing, I really am just um, so thankful. I uh, just keep, I guess I'm just surprised continually that folks are continuing to join me. And um, I'm just excited, I guess, as well, um, because we're we're all on this journey together. And today we are celebrating the end of ordinary time, and we've been in quote-unquote ordinary time for um, a number of weeks now in the liturgical calendar. And so ordinary time is just about marking the weeks as we move through our, our life and our faith together. And so this coming Wednesday will be Ash Wednesday, which marks the beginning of the Lenten season. And so as we finish up ordinary time and we're right on the threshold of going into Lent, many Christian traditions celebrate the transfiguration. And it's kind of like a bookend to Epiphany, um, which was several weeks ago. And of course, Epiphany is that moment we celebrate. And we usually think about the Magi coming to visit Jesus. And we celebrate um, the revelation of Jesus Christ to the entire world, not just Jew, but Gentile also. And so the transfiguration is kind of a book into Epiphany because in the Transfiguration, Christ is revealed. Now, as we reflect on the Transfiguration today, we will also spend a little bit of time talking towards Lent. As I mentioned, the Lenten season begins on Ash Wednesday, and my plan is to release an episode later this week about that. So we'll make a little bit more of a, a mention later on today. But for now, we are here to celebrate the event of transfiguration. So let us all join as witness to the glory of Christ as the Spirit works today, revealing that glory also in us. This is Pneumaturgical. Let us open with a word of prayer today that our spirits and hearts and minds would be opened to the glory that God would reveal. God of glory and mercy, before his death in shame, your son went to the mountaintop and you revealed his life in glory. Where prophets witnessed to him, you proclaimed your son, but he returned to die among us. Through your word and spirit, help us face evil with courage, knowing that all things, even death, are subject to your transforming power. We ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen. Let us also hear today from God's word. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, beginning at verse 28. 
About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at that time what they had seen. The Holy Scriptures of our Lord Jesus Christ given to us through the inspiration of the Spirit to build up the people of God. Amen. As I mentioned earlier, we are on the edge of the Lenten season in liturgical time. Our journey for the last several weeks has taken us from Epiphany to the threshold of Ash Wednesday in Lent. But as we pass out of these ordinary weeks, marking time in Christ, we do so once more in reflection of the revelation of Jesus. We celebrate today the transfiguration. The transfiguration of Jesus, it's an incredible event. It is recorded in Matthew 17, Mark chapter 9, and Luke chapter 9 which was one uh, or was our selected scripture reading for today. Traditionally, uh, the Christian church has uh, talked about Mount Tabor in Israel as the place of the transfiguration, and there's a a church and some other things that are built um, up on that mountain uh, commemorating the event of the transfiguration. And... Uh, As I kind of uh, alluded to uh, earlier as well, the transfiguration of Jesus, it fits uh, into the larger way that we uh, understand time and place um, in Christ. And there's kind of this maybe five-part way that we center our journey and we center liturgical time in the life of Christ. So first at Advent, we celebrate the incarnation, God becoming man. Today, of course, we're going to look at the transfiguration. Uh, 
And then following into the Lenten season and into Easter, we remember the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. These are the works of redemption, resurrection, and new life, and the coming glorification in Christ. But what do we make of the transfiguration? Again, it's this really interesting event, and it may almost seem out of place um, when you're reading through uh, the books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it strikes me that perhaps these three disciples, Peter, James, and John, who are with Jesus in this moment, maybe they were kind of thinking that this was a little bit of an out-of-place or out-of-body experience as well. It says between the, the three Gospels that we're looking at that they've either fallen asleep or they're right on the verge. So maybe Jesus was... Maybe he was in a moment of intense prayer, and maybe they were hanging out, and they just were kind of starting to get a little drowsy. And in the meantime, all of a sudden, they, they realize that Jesus has been completely transfigured or, or transformed right in front, in front of them, revealing all of his glory. You know, maybe he just looked like a giant glowing something. So kind of like the Epiphany weeks ago, again, where we celebrate the revealing of Christ to both Jew and Gentile, now the glory of Jesus' full identity is on display here in the Transfiguration. But another question that you might, might have is, well, what does this revelation of glory have to do with us? Gee, that was really nice for Peter, James, and John to get to check that out. But how is the work of the Spirit carrying on transfiguration today? As I was reading through some material about the transfiguration, I came across um, some sermons from Oscar Romero, who was the Archbishop of San Salvador in the country of El Salvador in the late 70s. And uh, he was assassinated in 1980 at at the altar. He was standing at the altar in a church Um, serving Mass, serving the Lord's Supper, and a gunman walked in the door of the church and down the middle aisle just shot him dead at the altar. It's, um, It's just incredible. He was assassinated, this bishop, this minister, because he had began to speak out about the cruel torture and violence that was happening in El Salvador and It was mainly government-sponsored violence, but also from from rebel groups. And so Oscar Romero, he talked several times about the transfiguration in sermons that he delivered that we have copies of. And it's sobering to me when I read his words knowing that this was a person who definitively actually gave his life calling people to the way of Christ, a way of justice and peace. 
One of the fascinating things about the transfiguration that Oscar Romero um, provides some beautiful commentary on is the presence of Moses and Elijah there. And I want to share with you um, some of, of Romero's words from one of his sermons. He literally delivered these just days before his murder. And he was talking about the relationship between the transfiguration and the Lenten, coming Lenten season. And so for those of you who may not be familiar, as I, and I've mentioned it several times, the liturgical season of Lent, which begins this Wednesday, is a 40-day period of fasting and prayer modeled after Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness. And so um, Oscar Romero provides a beautiful explanation about this and describes to us how this is not the first time a 40-day period has been important in Scripture. So here, um, these words today from Oscar Romero's uh, sermon, again, preached uh, in early 1980. He says, The Son of God made man in the transfiguration is here between the two great figures the two great Lents of Israel, the Lenten of Moses, 40 years journeying through the desert in order to enter the promised land. The Lent of Moses is also seen when Moses ascends Mount Sinai and spends 40 days and 40 nights speaking with God in order to bring uh, the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue, to his people. Elijah is burdened in life because of the persecution of his people. He undertakes a journey, a suicide journey, really. He says, this is enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Elijah lies down and falls asleep under a broom tree and awaits death. A mysterious angel awakens him and tells him, get up and eat. Elijah is nourished by the mysterious bread of God and he is told, walk because you have many days ahead of you. Elijah walked 40 days through the desert and found himself once again on Mount Sinai, where he had another vision of God, an encounter with God. He experienced a hurricane, but God was not there. Then he experienced an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. Finally, he felt a gentle breeze, and he was told, God is passing by. Thus we see that God speaks in the intimacy of prayer. Conversation with the Lord is personified or described as being strong like the hurricane and earthquake. And yet, before the injustices and the sins of the people, encounter with God is soft and tender. We see all of this occur when the prophets have to announce terrible things to the people who do not want to change their ways. So in the midst of these two uh, 40-day, 40-year Lents, we see the protagonist, the center of the Christian Lent, 
Christ our Lord is telling us that all of these encounters and visions and revelations of God that are manifested in the clouds and the voice of the Father and in the splendor of Mount Sinai, all of these things are occurring here in the transfiguration. Now, however, there are no longer mysterious sounds of the natural elements, but the voice of the Lord himself is heard. Christ is the glory of God present on earth, the humble and simple child of the virgin, but he brings in his humanity the hidden divinity. At the time of the transfiguration, Christ our Lord is presented as being in the clouds and in union with God, revealing all the secrets that were hidden so that the glory of God might be revealed. Thus a voice is heard from heaven, but it is the voice of one who has entered into history. This is my chosen son. Listen to him. A great revelation. Blessed are those Christians who do not wait for Christ like the Israelites, but rather see him present in their history. Wow. (laughs) If only I could preach like that, y'all. The transfiguration of Jesus Christ, as Oscar Romero realizes, as we just heard, is the revealing of the final and ultimate goal of God's people. Jesus is transfigured in human body, and so are we called, you and I, to be transfigured in the body we exist in right now. As Oscar Romero also says, Christ is not far removed from our history or from our time or our situation. Indeed, the work of the Spirit is that we would be transfigured as individual believers and then as the collective body of Christ. The transfiguration is a moment where the glory of God is revealed in Christ in a particular moment of time. And in the transfiguration, in the moment where God's glory is on display, That's when we find our true identity as God's beloved children. The path of glory and transfiguration is not always an easy one. Luke's gospel recounts that Jesus talks with Elijah and Moses, and Oscar Romero mentioned this. English translations talk about Jesus' departure, but Luke literally uses the word exodus. Jesus is talking with Moses and Elijah about the path that he must take to rescue all of us and deliver us the cross. The path of Christ's transfiguration and glory is suffering and death. Jesus doesn't exalt himself above our suffering. No, Jesus chooses the path of suffering, the path that leads him down dirty streets by the insults of others. And in all of this, Jesus brings glory to God. When we experience transfiguration in our lives, we should expect to follow Jesus on that same path. Are we willing to really follow? 
or do we just want the glory without any sacrifice? And like Peter, we often want to stop at various moments when our lives are transfigured and just kind of settle down right there. Sometimes we kind of like stall out. We want to build an altar and worship these moments where we encounter God. I think about Oscar Romero, though. Again, he was shot. He was killed standing at the altar right there with the bread and, and, and the cup right on the, on the Lord's table. Romero knew, he knew that our lives could not only be a distant memory of this moment of transfiguration. We, you and I, must be transfigured in the reality where we are right now. We must speak with a voice transfigured by the glory of Christ, the Prince of Peace, the King of all kings. The altar where Romero perished is a place where we are called to sacrifice ourselves, an altar where we are transfigured into the voice of justice for the oppressed, an altar where we are transfigured into the call of sacrifice for the redemption of others. I would like today to close out in a prayer adapted from more of the words of Oscar Romero as he preached again about the transfiguration just days before he was, he was murdered at the altar there. Let's pray together. Eternal God, Father, Son, Spirit, as sisters and brothers together, your body in this world, May we enter into our Lenten journey ahead, guided by the hands of the transfigured Christ. The transfiguration, Lord, that we are called to as your people is not something distant, only a future reality and glory. But we are called today, through your word and spirit, to speak with the love and grace of your Son, transforming the lives of those around us and bringing your kingdom even now upon the earth. The path of transfiguration, Lord, is a path of the cross, a path of sacrifice, a path that sometimes brings us into contact with the sorrow and violence of the world. Let us walk this path, Jesus, keeping our eyes fixed upon you, the one who is our transfigured Lord, the one who has chosen to redeem us and calls us to extend that redemption to others. Let us listen to your voice, Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen. Well, I'm so glad that you joined with me today for this time together. If you are interested in learning more about uh, Bishop Oscar Romero, uh, you can visit, there uh, is a website for the Oscar Romero Trust online. I think if you just Google that, you can read through more of his sermons and learn a little bit more about his life. Just an amazing, amazing person. Uh, again, I hope that you will join with me uh, later on this week, Ash Wednesday. I'll be talking some about some special things that I'll be doing here on the podcast. 
uh, through the Lenten season, I'll be welcoming, as I've mentioned, some of my first guests to the podcast, and I hope that you'll continue to join with me and share with others. Hope you all uh, just have a blessed week, and I pray that each of you encounters the risen Lord and experiences the beauty of transfiguration in your own lives.